Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. You will gain so much more trust and they will be so much more open to negotiation if you will just listen and give them the chance to tell their story and then open negotiations. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode and the interview with our best ever guests, I want to mention FunNet Flip because FunNet Flip is an online lender that gives you fast, convenient access to really affordable money that you need for your flip project. So if you're doing residential flips, then the main thing I imagine that you're focused on uh, or the main two things are the deal and the money. Uh, So if you've got the deal pipeline but you need access to cash and you want to build a reputation within a, uh, a group that will continue to invest their dollars into your deals, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Uh, the, the founder of Fund That Flip is Matt Rodak, and he's actually one of my very first guests on the show. It's episode number seven. Um, so if you have a chance, go check that out too. familiarize yourself with Matt and um, what he's all about. But when you're needing money and you want an online lender that provides fast, convenient access to affordable capital for your flipping projects, then Fund That Flip's the way to go. Their team has over 200 deals under their belt, and uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, so go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects. Best ever listeners, it's time to enroll or re-enroll in a healthcare plan if you're an entrepreneur, a uh, real estate investor. And the way to do that is by using Stride Health. The reason why is because you save a lot of money, $400 on average. They'll uh, save you on your health care plan over the course of the year. And they've got a personal concierge service that uh, the team doesn't work for an insurance company. They are your advocate. And they'll answer any health-related question that you've got. Uh, So we've got to do some sort of health insurance plan. Why not go to stridehealth.com forward slash best ever and see how much you can save. Um, Have a personal concierge service help you along the way and do something that you got to do anyway. So go to stridehealth.com forward slash best ever and check it out. 
Hi, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and we've got a return guest. And as you might know, if you're a loyal best ever listener, I never let return guests come on and give their best ever advice because otherwise it wouldn't be their best ever advice. They can only do that once. However, we've got a special segment because today is Sunday. So we're going to do skill set Sunday. And I let guests come back if they've got a specific skill that they can teach us. And with us today, we've got Adam Dorn, who has a wonderful skill on how to cold call real estate leads. And not only is he going to tell us about the skill, but he's going to go through scripts that he uses successfully. And Adam does two properties a month wholesaling. And he said he's slowed down since the beginning of the year. And I was like, well, two wholesales a month is, is good for me. I think that's a good amount of volume. And he also is a full-time police officer in Kansas City, and he's a part-time real estate investor, like I mentioned, and his focus is on, on wholesaling and also buying and renting properties for long term. You can hear his best ever advice on episode 76, and it's titled Making Money from LinkedIn. There's an incredible story about how he tracked someone down via LinkedIn and ended up partnering with them. Highly recommend listening to that. So with that being said, Adam, you want to give the best ever listeners very quickly a little bit about your background and let's dive into Skillset Sunday right after that. Sure, Joe. And thanks again for, for having me back. I feel so blessed. This is a great opportunity. So thank you. My pleasure, my friend. Yeah. So um, just to really quickly review, it was 2011 that I got involved in real estate. I'd been a cop for 10 years. I wasn't really happy with the income I was making or with where my career had taken me. And so I went to a local seminar, as many of us do, decided real estate would be the key to um, building that extra income that eventually would set me free financially. And real estate has been good to me over the last four, now coming up on five years. And so built a small portfolio of rental properties in Kansas City. I've been wholesaling ever since. I enjoy it. And it's been good to me. So... All right. Well, with a full-time job, you've got to allocate your time in the best way possible. So you develop some scripts. And for the best ever listeners, coming out of this conversation, you're going to know how Adam is successfully getting business done with people he does not know, and he calls them for the first time. So this is the skill of how to cold call real estate leads for the first time. So Adam, you want to dive into it and how do we cold call people for the first time? What's the approach that you take that you've seen to be successful? Yeah. And actually, I just want to share that this is something that I stumbled on just by repetition of having so many phone calls with so many strangers. And I wanted them to you know, discuss with me the possibility of them selling their house. I just kind of developed these scripts. It wasn't anything where I set out thinking, oh, I need to develop a script, but I just kind of stumbled on what worked for me. And, you know, I think a key principle that we have to understand is all business, no matter if it's real estate, and we're talking real estate today, but all business really is done between people. And so if you know how to connect with people, I just feel like that's such a huge key in being successful in getting business done. And so I'm going to talk today specifically about cold calls. And when I say cold calls, I don't mean you're returning a call to somebody who saw a bandit sign or somebody that saw some marketing that you had out there or their name came in on one of your lead pages. I'm literally talking about you've gone through maybe tax records or mortgage records like a Liz Pendens, or you've checked out probate records at the local courthouse. 
And this is truly a cold call, a complete stranger that is not expecting to hear from you. So just to clarify, that's what I'm going to go through. And I have just a couple scripts I will share. Yeah. The first one, I'm going to talk about the scenario where this is either a property that may be going into foreclosure or we know a foreclosure is pending. There might be a short sale or maybe they're um, looking at a potential tax foreclosure. So that's the first one I'm going to share. What I will do is I will call them. And now I work only in my local market with wholesaling. I have done wholesaling nationally. And so people who are doing this nationally will have to adapt this. But this is designed for when I'm in my local market. So I will call and I'll open up with, hi, this is Adam with, and then I'll say my business name here in Kansas City. I like to say here in Kansas City because I know there's a lot of companies out there that they use VAs to make their calls, which is great. That's efficient. But I know that I have an edge with a potential seller if they know that I'm local and they're going to have the potential to get face to face with somebody. I just think that helps people feel better to listen to what I have to say. So I'll say, hi, this is Adam with Make and Move Properties here in Kansas City. Who am I talking with? I always like to make sure I have the right person on the phone. I want to get a homeowner on the phone. And then they'll tell me, this is Joe. And I'll say, okay, Joe, just so you know, I was going through public records and I see there may be some issues going on with the mortgage on, and then I'll give their address. Would it be possible that I could be helpful to you if I was interested in buying your house? So That's the way I like to start it. And there's a couple of reasons. If you don't mind, Joe, I'll take and break down why I make some of these specific statements. Would that be okay? Yes, please. Yep. So like I said, I tell them that I'm local. I think that gives me a little bit of an edge because they understand they're talking to a real person and they're going to get to be face to face with me if they want. I ask who I'm talking with to verify I've got the owner of the house. Now, sometimes you might come up with resistance on this because you're a stranger calling them out of the blue. And then you're mentioning some real estate company name and they might be a little bit edgy or suspicious. If that happens, I roll with that, and then you know they don't have to identify themselves until they're ready to, but I try to explain to them, you know, since I'm interested in buying the house, it's important I talk to somebody that's able to sell the house. But aside from that, if I don't, if I don't run into problems there, I continue on, and I, I point out the elephant in the room right away. So I say, just so you know, I was going through public records. So I tell them what I was doing, so they understand I'm not, you know... <laughs> So they understand how it is that I came to have this information. Just so you know, I was going through public records and I see there may be some issues going on with the mortgage on and I give the address. And there's a reason I say it like that. First of all, I say there may be some issues. So I'm not telling them that I know because some people feel the need to get defensive because they may take it as an attack on their integrity or their responsibility, you know, because maybe they owe back taxes or they haven't paid their mortgage. So I make sure to avoid sounding accusatory in tone. So I say, I see there may be some issues. So I leave them an out, you know, in case they want to tell me, well, I've been trying to negotiate with the bank or I've been calling the courthouse telling them I'll get it paid. I want to leave them that out so that they can save face. And then I say, going on with the mortgage at, and I give the address. And the reason that's important is I put everything on the property. I don't put anything on them. You see what I'm doing there? Does that make sense? Yeah. So I depersonalize it and I remove it from them and I put it on the property and we don't talk about fault and we don't make them feel bad for their situation. And then what I like to say is, would it be possible that I could be helpful if I was interested in buying your house? So I really want them to understand that my end goal is I want to be helpful and I'm interested in buying the house. So in one fell swoop with just a few statements, I've let them know who I am, that I'm local, I've pointed out the elephant in the room, but I didn't blame it on them. 
And then I tell them I want to help them. And I found that to be a really, really successful script. Awesome. Awesome. Everything makes sense. And I really like it. The one part of would it be possible if I could be helpful if I was interested in buying your house? Have you tried a more direct version of that question where there's less ifs and could and if and more, you know, I'd like to be helpful and I am a real estate investor who buys homes. Would you like me to help you out? You know, you bring up a really good point um, because sometimes when I'll make that statement, I will get a question from them of, well, are you really interested? Or, hey, I've gotten 10 phone calls like this before. Are you actually able to do this? You know, (laughs) because there are a lot of wholesalers in some markets and sometimes you won't be the first one to call a homeowner. And at that point, you'll have to feel out who it is that you're dealing with and their personality type. And do they want you to be direct and, and approach them in that way? However, with this script that I'm sharing, I have had really good results. But yeah, Joe, you brought up a really good point. And so you kind of have to tailor your approach too. And you usually know within the first few seconds of somebody answering the phone, if you have a personality type of somebody that's direct and that's what they want, or if you have somebody that's indirect and they need a softer approach. But that's a really good question. So thanks for asking that. All right. And then is that the end of that script? Yeah, that's the one that I use on foreclosure situations or, you know, a tax issue or a potential short sale. Okay. And so these are really scripts to warm them up and set the groundwork for the conversation. And then once you set that groundwork and they're on the phone with you uh, and they don't hang up on you, then you go into the specifics of how to, you know, what their deal is and how you can help them and, and ultimately buy their house and make money and help them get out of the transaction as well. Yes. And I actually have a plan to get to what's next. I I do want to share the second script, if that's all right, on what I use for probate and divorce situations or an inherited property. And then I do want to touch a little bit on, you know, next steps if we have somebody that's potentially going to be a willing seller. Okay, perfect. Yep. Let's do it. So on a probate lead or one where it looks like there's a divorce going on, or perhaps it's a family estate matter and this is an inherited property, it's going to be a very similar script. I just changed the wording a little bit. So I'll open up with, hi, this is Adam with Make It Move Properties here in Kansas City. Who am I talking with? You know, get their name, make sure I'm dealing with somebody that has the potential to sell the house to me. Just so you know, I was going through some public records and I did notice a case in probate regarding this property. I don't know the details of that, but so you know, I buy houses in the area. Would it be helpful to you if I were interested in buying the property? So again, very, very similar script. But the one thing I would say is I always say I notice a case in probate regarding this property. Again, I'm depersonalizing it because I don't want to talk to them as though I know their life story when I'm a complete stranger on the phone. I try to really avoid being too presumptive, especially if this is a scenario where it's a family estate deal, because as I'm sure you know, and divorces too they can be really emotionally charged and I want to be sensitive and tread lightly so that I don't, you know, add to their problems. I like it. I like it a lot. Short and sweet and you're, you're qualifying people. You're telling them where you're coming from. You're not making it personal and you're telling them what you're, what you're up to and what your outcome is. That's right. And you know, these scripts are really simple, but hopefully you can tell by what I've shared. I've put a lot of thought into these and there really is an aspect here of human psychology that I think many, many, especially beginner wholesalers can miss. And if you miss that, you know, you may end up having people yell at you on the phone or hang up on you prematurely. 
And you may not even know where you went wrong just because it was something small in the semantics of your conversation. And so I put a great deal of thought into these and these have resulted over thousands of phone calls. So I hope people can understand that there is some real value here, even though the script is simple, which I love simple, right? In business, we love simple systems, but I have put a lot of thought and time and effort into these. Awesome. Okay. So how, if they're interested and you have those conversations, what's the next step as far as how you approach it? Right. So, you know, it usually becomes clear right towards the beginning. If I'm going to have somebody that puts up a whole lot of resistance and they're just communicating that they're not open to selling the property at that time, this is another thing I want to remind wholesalers and beginner investors out there. You know, there is an abundance of opportunities. And so if you have somebody that really doesn't want to sell you a house, it doesn't serve anybody's interest to continue to hang on the line and try to convince them otherwise. Most people have made up their mind and it's simply a matter of you connecting with them and building trust. So if they don't want to sell the house, they're probably going to let you know in a pretty straightforward way. And you don't need to spend a lot of time trying to convince them otherwise. You'll get more respect from that person and build more rapport if you just hear what they're telling you, respect that. And then the way that if people tell me no right off the bat, what I usually say is, okay, thank you for taking your valuable time to answer the phone. Just so you know, if it would be helpful in the future, I'd like to like you to keep me in mind. Here's my contact info. You know, And sometimes I do get a call back from those folks. I believe that sets me apart from a lot of others that they've received phone calls from that will continue to try to talk them into selling a house they don't want to sell. I just think you get much better results if you're respectful of what they're communicating to you. But in the instance where I do have somebody say, yeah, you know, this is something I've been thinking about, or, you know, I've even had people tell me, boy, I'm glad you called today. This was just on my mind. I've actually had that. I've also had people that were suspicious from the outset, but because of my delivery and because I used the phrases that I just shared with you and delivered them in the tone that I use, they kind of opened up. And so here's what usually happens, Joe. Usually if they're interested, they let me know with something other than a direct no. You know, either it's, yeah, I'd like to know more, or they open up with some questions, or here's what I get a lot of. It becomes time to put on my listening ears because they want to tell a story. And I think, again, a lot of investors and a lot of beginner wholesalers probably miss this. You know, sometimes people just want to tell a story and that's all you have to do is listen to their story to make that connection to open the door to do business. And so especially with like a divorce scenario or especially with a, uh, a potential foreclosure, you know, where somebody's just down on their luck type of situation, they just want somebody to listen to their story. And if you will do that, it opens the door. They trust you if you just listen and take time. And so I've found myself often, you know, spending 10, 15 minutes listening on the phone. And then all of a sudden we've become friends in a sort. And now this seller is interested about talking about all the options to sell their house. And that has worked very, very well for me. After that opening script, if they start to tell a story, I just put on my listening ears. Hmm. Okay. The other thing is if you do that and take that approach, you can listen for what the issues are that truly concern them. And so once you get into the discussion of numbers and discussion of their options for selling the house, whether that would be a, a lease option, if you're in a state where that's legal, or some other creative seller finance purchase, when you're discussing those details with them, if you've listened while they told their story, you now know the issues that are important to them. And so you can address those as you talk about buying the house. You could say something like, you know, you did tell me that what's really been on your mind and keeps you from sleeping well at night is you have that $40,000 worth of credit card debt. 
you know, if we go through with this cash purchase and I'm able to pay you this lump sum of money, wouldn't it feel so much better just to be able to have those paid off? You know what I mean? You can address those issues for them. When you first jump on a call with someone and they're just totally apathetic or mean, do you try to push or, as you were mentioning earlier, do you just abort and maybe try to build with some rapport and then if they're not digging it, then you just you get out of there? Well, I try to never give up right at the outset, right? So something that I've learned is posture. And I think posture is so critical because I think a lot of folks who are making phone calls for the first time, they haven't yet gotten their posture. And what I mean by that is to understand in your mind that you truly are there to help this person out. And you truly have non-traditional creative resources at your disposal to help them out of their situation. And so knowing that in reality, that seller needs us as the investor more than we need the deal, because there's always going to be more deals. But for them in their situation right now, they don't know that there's going to be another phone call where somebody's going to be able to help them. And so if you keep that in your mind and allow that to be your posture, it becomes much easier when somebody is brash at the outset or they are very standoffish. It's a lot easier to be kind of bulletproof and make it through those first couple sparring questions with them and let them know that you're you're really interested in helping them out of a bad situation and and you're there to help them, you know, not try to make their situation worse. Adam, is there anything else you want to mention to the best ever listeners about cold calling scripts and how to successfully reach somebody who you haven't spoken to before and then have a good conversation with them that results in some business happening? I would say one fundamental key past that initial opening few lines is don't try to negotiate too soon. Truly, most people want the chance to share their story. And and whether you really want to hear it or listen to it or not, you will gain so much more trust and they will be so much more open to negotiation if you will just listen and give them the chance to tell their story and then open negotiations. I think that's huge. I love the short, compact and thoughtful script that you go by. You know, first you you mention your name and that you're local in the area. You qualify them to make sure you know who you're talking to. Then you tell them how the heck you came about their information. How many times do we get cold calls and you're wondering how the hell did you get my number and because they don't state it Mm -hmm. at the beginning and I I think that's really important it it certainly adds a layer of credibility to where you're coming from because you're 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 getting it out and telling them exactly how you got their number and then as you mentioned they've everybody has a story for why they're in that situation so you don't want to be accusatory so you say there may be some issues at and then you list the address so that they're not personally offended by it, but it's simply, you know, simply an address. So you're kind of compartmentalizing them from the property and you're helping them compartmentalize for the the purposes of the conversation. So really wonderful, insightful stuff. Thank you so much for being on the show and best ever listeners, go check out Adam's episode, episode 76, Making Money from LinkedIn. And Adam, what's the best ever place for the listeners to reach you? They can get a hold of me on LinkedIn. I'm Adam Doran, and the last name is D-O-R-A-N. That's a great place to connect. I'm on there regularly. Awesome. Sounds good, my friend. Thanks a lot for being on the show again. Talk to you later. Thanks, Joe. 
Oh, and man, I keep forgetting this. Have a best ever week. I'm going to remember that because I've been adding that to all my episodes. I'm going to remember that. So have a best ever week, Adam. Thank you. You too. If you need money for your flipping project, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. You'll know within 30 seconds if you're approved or not to get money for your residential flip. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, it's time to enroll or re-enroll in a healthcare plan if you're an entrepreneur, a real estate investor. And the way to do that is by using Stride Health. The reason why is because you save a lot of money, $400 on average. They'll uh, save you on your health care plan over the course of the year. And they've got a personal concierge service that uh, the team doesn't work for an insurance company. They are your advocate, and they'll answer any health-related question that you've got. Uh, so we've got to do some sort of health insurance plan. Why not go to stridehealth.com forward slash best ever and see how much you can save, um, have a personal concierge service help you along the way, and do something that you got to do anyway. So go to stridehealth.com forward slash best ever and check it out.